0: Welcome to the latest episode of Comic Book Physics, released through Bureau 42. I'm your host, Blaine Dowler. This month we are looking at Firestar, and her microwave-based powers. Firestar is a character that actually first appeared on the TV series Spider-Man and his amazing friends, and that's simply because the rights to the Human Torch were still tied up. So when they wanted, you know, Fire and Ice as the team-ups with Spider-Man, Iceman, and ideally Human Torch, and Human Torch wasn't available, they decided to create a new character in the form of Firestar. Now, she did appear in the spinoff comic to that series, but her first appearance in terms of comic book continuity was Uncanny X-Men number 193. She's primarily associated with the New Warriors. She was a founding member of that team, but she's also been an Avenger and is currently serving as one of the amazing X-Men, at least at the time of this recording. So all of her powers are based on microwaves. She's able to create microwaves and use those as heat. Now, when that Spider-Man and his Amazing Friends cartoon came out, microwaves were really starting to be a popular home appliance, but people didn't quite understand exactly how they worked. So her powers are often treated as, you know, similar to just normal heat powers and heat radiation, but a little more powerful. She can use them to attack by projecting the microwaves. She can fly by heating the air around her. And in the era of the New Warriors, when Scarlet Spider was a member of the team, you know, in the low to mid-60s in terms of the issue numbers, she learned that she was becoming sterile as a side effect of the microwave radiation that she was using. Now, that was later cured by Hank Pym during Kurt Busiek's run on the Avengers when she was a member of the team, but that cure was ignored and she was treated as having full-on cancer during the Marvel Divas series. By the end of that series, we learned that the cancer had gone into natural remission. So the character is fairly healthy now. So we've got three impacts Her powers. There's the ability to attack, the ability to fly, and the effect it has on her health. So let's go through these one at a time and see which ones work and which ones don't. So, to begin, we have to say, well, what are microwaves? Microwaves are photons or energy that are part of the electromagnetic spectrum. So, going from least to greatest energy levels along that spectrum, we start with radio waves. Microwaves are the second lowest form of energy on that spectrum. Then infrared, or heat energy. Then comes visible light, you know, from red to violet. Ultraviolet light kicks in after that, followed by x-rays, gamma rays, and cosmic rays. So if microwaves have lower energy than infrared, then how do they cook things faster than a conventional oven? Well, the trick is that a conventional oven is working with the so-called classical physics. It's heating the air within the oven, and that air uses a combination of conduction and convection to heat the food while microwaves work on the quantum mechanical level. So the microwaves that are produced by microwave ovens aren't just any microwaves. There's a broad range of microwaves in the spectrum, but all microwave ovens produce microwaves at a very, very specific frequency which interacts directly with water molecules. So they've got little or no effect on things that don't contain water and are not conductive, but they work extremely well on anything that's moist. So as many people are aware, water molecules are made of one oxygen and two hydrogen atoms, and they form a bit of a V shape by the time they're bonded and connected. With microwaves, they're able to do what they call exciting the molecule. There's only specific energy levels that are allowed at the quantum mechanical level. So electrons are allowed to be in one orbit or another orbit, but nothing in between. And you can have interactions and resonances within these. Now, the resonance that microwaves kick off, is actually when that takes that V and flips it back and forth. So it's like that oxygen atom keeps jumping back and forth in between the hydrogen atoms. Now because oxygen and hydrogen have sort of different strength of pull on the electrons, and they're involved in sort of a quantum mechanical tug-of-war over those electrons, the water molecules are polar molecules, meaning one side is positive and one side is negative. As the microwaves excite these molecules, they end up in a bit of a lockstep as the positive end of one molecule locks in with the negative end of another. So all these water molecules are bonded to each other and flipping back and forth in unison. This is why if you're microwaving water to heat it up and it goes to the boiling point, you need to let it cool down a little bit before you pull it out. Or better yet, put something in it that will obstruct some of this before doing it. Because it is possible to superheat water beyond the boiling point, and yet it stays liquid because these molecules are in this lockstep with each other. And as soon as you put in a spoon or a tea bag or something else that disrupts it, you break that lockstep, they are no longer have that extra bonding to each other, the molecules are above the boiling point, the whole thing vaporizes right in your face. There's about a dozen scalding deaths a year as a result of that effect. So if you're boiling water in the microwave, always make sure that there's some object in there so that you don't get this perfectly symmetrical situation that can run into issues. But in any event, back to microwaves here, they do have these specific orbits on this lockstep. So it's these water molecules that will conductively heat the food that you're eating. Now, the water in the food is not going to overboil and become superheated as the other water does simply because there's other bits of the food around it. So the microwaves are chosen for a very specific wavelength. Now, when any electromagnetic radiation is interacting with things, you have specific energy needs. Electromagnetic radiation comes in the form of photons. So it's not just waves, but it's a number of particles that have properties of waves if each individual particle doesn't have the right energy to move electrons between orbits or as in the case of the photoelectric effect escape the atom entirely then that photon will not interact with that molecule it'll pass through as though there's nothing there now when you're dealing with metals the reason we don't want to put metals in the microwave is because the electrons there are free to move instead of having a specific orbit like organic materials do they've got orbital bands, and those electrons can absorb almost any photon and just use that to gain kinetic energy or speed within that band that's permitted. And because you don't necessarily have an additional resistor in there, say you are you know put a plate in the microwave and forgot to take the fork off the plate, you don't have a specific resistor in that fork. And you can end up with some very high energy currents flowing through it as the electrons within that metal fork absorb the microwaves coming in. And these can actually spark and jump from that fork into the microwave, damage the circuitry, cause a lot of issues that way. Now, one of the things to note about microwaves and other electromagnetic energy, you can't just pile up a bunch of photons. For example, if a microwave photon doesn't have enough energy to get an electron between orbits, it has exactly half the energy it takes to get between the orbits, it's still not going to be absorbed even if you send two photons in at a time. Because electrons can only absorb these photons one at a time. So you can't send two photons and have an additive effect. This is actually a big part of the photoelectric effect, and explaining that is what Einstein actually won his Nobel Prize for. A combination of that and Brownian motion, and not for the theory of relativity. It doesn't matter how many low energy photons you bombard something with, you have to get the individual photons up to a certain minimum energy before the interactions will happen. So let's take a look at what these individual interactions are. One of them is the offensive aspect of the powers where she uses them to attack and heat up other objects. Well, if she's attacking biological entities or conductive entities such as robots, this will actually work pretty well. So provided she's got the metabolism and the high caloric intake required to produce energy to have enough microwaves coming out. She can easily cause burns and scorching to biological targets simply by heating the water within them, you know much like overcooking food or even just cooking it when you're talking about people when you're going against conductive en- entities such as robot attackers you can cause some massive circuit damage so as far as the attacking element goes her powers work quite well so the second element here is flight now let's take a look at these microwaves they're going to have little or no effect on air itself if the air is humid then firestar is able to heat the water within the air but all that would do is heat the water you'd get some conductive and convective effects to heat the air around it but it's going to heat the air and that air will rise it will propel firestar now granted every photon does have momentum so if you produce a large amount of photons in a downward direction just conservation of momentum is going to propel you upwards but the intensity of microwaves required to do that is just insanely high they've got so little energy by the time you have enough momentum to propel a person it's just it, it's going to cause massive environmental damage to everything you're taking off from for everything behind you along the way For the teammates, if you happen to fly in front of them, it's just, that's not the way she's flying. We can see that in the way it's depicted. They are treating it as heating the air. The issue with that, flying just by heating the air around her, is that her flight path wouldn't be this rapid and agile flight that we see from her. It'd be more like a hot air balloon, because it's working on those same principles. So it'd be more controlled drifting, and she would need a parachute or some similarly shaped apparatus to keep her in the air. I mean, it's not going to catch her as it is because, let's face it, she's a female superhero that was created in the 1980s. Her shape is going to be pretty darn streamlined. So she could dry the air around her, but she couldn't fly, not in the way it's described. It would have been better to make her flight powers a separate mutation. So the third effect is the sterility that this causes. So the question is, what impact do microwaves have on human tissue? Well, they certainly can burn people, right? Just as you could burn yourself in an oven or any other source of heat. It's essentially a more efficient way of heating things. But they actually cannot sterilize or mutate people. At least, not in the sense it's usually treated at. If you use microwaves, you can burn the parts of the human body which are required for reproduction, and that would result in sterilization. But it's not the radiation problem, it's the burning problem. In terms of mutations, in order to sterilize or mutate people at the genetic level by altering the DNA, you need to bombard them with electromagnetic radiation that has enough energy in order to distort the electrons in orbits within these protein molecules and to do so in a permanent fashion. And that has been rigorously tested. We do know the energies required. So quick recap, the energy levels of the electromagnetic spectrum from least to greatest are radio waves, microwaves, infrared, visible, ultraviolet, x-rays, gamma rays, and cosmic rays. You don't start getting what they call ionizing radiation, the kind that can cause mutations until you're very high into the ultraviolet spectrum. So some but not all ultraviolet rays can cause mutations, as can x-rays, gamma rays, and cosmic rays. Visible light does not. Infrared can be damaging, but not through mutation of genes. Similarly, microwaves can burn you. They cannot mutate you. The energy levels simply are not high enough to have the impact that have been seen here. So while her powers could damage her, They would be damaging her more in the sense of cooking all of her internal organs. So we wouldn't just be looking at sterility, we'd be looking at much more serious problems that would not have been corrected by the harness that Hank Pym made her in that Avengers series. So that element simply doesn't work either. So the three consequences that we've seen for Firestar's powers here, uh, the ability to use them to attack, to fly, and to sterilize herself and potentially others, Only one of them is consistent with the science that we see in our universe, you know, designated Earth twelve eighteen, as far as Marvel's concerned. So thank you for joining me again for another month of comic book physics. Please join us again the last Wednesday of next month and every month as we go through further topics. Suggestions for topics can be submitted through Bureau forty two podcasts at gmail.com. I should have mentioned at the start of the show, this topic was one of the ones that I've been thinking of and I'm a about to launch the unofficial 75 Greatest Marvels Countdown podcast. The first full episode of that actually launches the same day as this particular episode, so it's available now. And part of what I'm reading is the Clone Saga, which involves the issues of New Warriors where Firestar learns about her sterility. So doing this topic was just a matter of research efficiency. I was reading those issues anyway. So please check out that unofficial 75 Greatest Marvels Countdown podcast as well. Send suggestions for future topics to bureau42podcasts at gmail.com. And thank you for listening.